นโมทัสสะปะกวะตุระหะตุสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะปะกวะตุระหะตุสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะปะกวะตุระหะตุสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะพุทธังธรรมังสังฆังนมัสามี So, since uh, we're on retreat, we made this occasion to cultivate nikkama, renunciation, simplicity, letting go of uh, circumstances, both the future, the past, and also even the present. Just you know, letting go of circumstances means just flow along with it. You know, it's too cold, too hot. Just go along with it. Relax. It's all right. Food, you know, people, sounds. You know. <laughs> uh, so letting go of the resistance and the hankering. <clears throat> so these two qualities, resistance and favoring, this is what creates mental displeasure, mental agitation. Yeah. So you know the body has feeling dependent upon tactile contact. The mind has feeling dependent upon its resistance and its favouring. When there's no resistance and no favouring, mental feeling quiets down. Peaceful. <clears throat> doesn't mean we're numb or stupid blanked out insensitive it just means serene mind is awake because it's not churning around but it's still awake alert you have to be alert to keep washing out for those tendencies to resist or crave or proliferate <coughs> You know, complicate, fantasize, strategize, wonder, doubt, speculate. And to watch out for that, we're on a fine trigger to jump into our karmic patterns. You know, and you, you, in this retreat, well, any retreat, you see those karmic patterns. Here he is again, <laughs> making a problem. And they're making a problem about being somebody who makes a problem and so forth. So then this proliferation occurs. So mm-hmm. what's it like when we don't know how things should be or could be? We're just with how it is. And so cultivating this nikkama, <coughs> and that's that's punya. That's a great deal of merit in that, because the mind becomes serene and firm, and the hindrances don't have so much opportunity to get in, and the mind is unified. Unified, and it's just such. Mm. This unification is a, a big um, topic in in Buddhist cultivation, pavana, samadhi, unification of mind. Uh, factor of the eightfold path, enlightenment factor, indriya. Yeah, there it is, and. You know, the English word concentration I don't think does it justice because because there's a mundane or ordinary concentration is is what we do when we do a crossword puzzle or figure out something, we furrow our heads tighten up the head and get concentrated on what we're doing 
and it may be that that for you does help you to achieve to result in unification I don't know Uh, unification but uh, the teachings on Anapanasati and certainly from my own experience such as it is is the unification of mind, body and heart or of thinking the discriminative faculty heart, the emotive faculty sense of feeling, being sensitive, being moved, being responsive and the bodily faculty breathing in, breathing out and these coming together so there really isn't anything else because that's all you have anyway you know, that's what you have, isn't it? So, if everything you have is is that, and it's in one place, well, how could it be anything other than unified? So it's a totality, unification, and dwelling in that, uh, resting in that, allows certain obstructive thought patterns to be starved of vitality. We're not nourishing proliferation, speculation, doubt, irritation, analysis, fear, anxiety. We're not giving them any energy, so they, they wither. Yeah. Uh, and so the emotion, those emotional pathways begin to become less well-trodden and the grass grows over them. You know. And so this is great benefit because <clears throat> you know, the long-term result of this is that well, your mind doesn't rush into panic, aversion, complaining, worrying, uh, doubt about yourself, endless restless planning and wanting things. It just doesn't do it. It's forgotten the way. It's not a well-trodden path. Grass grows over it and you meander, you can wander exploring the territory. So this is long-term benefit is 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 uh, removing the acquisitions, which are the, the learnt patterns, the learnt uh, trajectories of your heart, of your emotions, of your impulses. You know. So yeah, you can you can remember. Oh yes, oh yes. Ten years ago, five years ago, that did happen. That was bad. Mm. You can remember it, but it's not coming up and involuntarily. It's not coming up and attacking you and worrying you. You, you can you can go down that path if you want to, just to remember. But it's not. It's your choice. You don't find yourself just dragged there. So this removal of acquisitions, removal uh, upadi and removal acquisitions begins to you know it removes well who are you you know aren't you built out of the past isn't what you feel yourself as being something that's just the result of the, mostly the result of the past things have happened things you've done ways you've operated here he is again I know me very well now what happens if that, those tracks, those pathways have dried up? Who's that? Hmm? Chance to be open, fresh, you're still awake, alert, there. But now instead of having only two choices to resist or to favour, <laughs> you know, you can play with it. You know? You have, you're not pre you're not doomed to go down the same old things again, rehearsing the same old stories again, which is what, as you recognise, what your personal personality constructions do, don't they? Yeah. Now if those pathways have dried up, fresh open, so this removal of upadi, uh, relinquishment, this is the, one of the ways in which the uh, Nibbana, the sublime, um, 
is explained. It's peaceful, this is sublime, stilling of sankharas, mm. these activations, yeah. removal of attaching, clinging, removal of acquisitions, destruction of craving, dispassion, ceasing, Nibbana. Can't determine it because there's no deter- there's no determining actions occurring. Now, just to kind of track back again. Yeah. So unification, and so you know, samadhi is not uh, nibbana, but it is considered very supportive because you can experience being a being without this, you know, nagging self and its patterns going on. You get there's still some holding to that particular quality, but it, it simplifies things very radically and it feels good. And that's better than poking the eye with a burnt stick. <laughs> but the problem with concentration as a word is we keep trying to get concentrated so it becomes the topic of focus, focus, focus. And, and, and then you get into this sense of, um, well you may, it may be easy for you, but most people find themselves struggling, running out of willpower, and all these thoughts and energies battling against it. But what I'm suggesting is that focus is, is broader. The focus is may I be peaceful, may I learn to be with myself, may I be more comfortable, may I find somewhere, somehow, where I feel a little more settled and I can be warmer and more, you know, less reactive to these patterns and programs. And can I do this? We need to do this in, in the body. You know, because the body can, you know, because the body can, st- in the bodily sense, you can stand, there's going to be a sense of standing apart from them. In your mind, it's very difficult because the mind has no perspective. You're in it, you are it. But in your body, you can feel, you know, warm energies, tension in your chest, and then you can feel down into your feet. Well, that's not tense. That's relaxed. Breathing out, relaxing, or some tension in the middle of it. But so you can go to the whole picture of the whole body and somewhere there, you know, in some expression of that, that you've probably not really noticed because you've normally lived in your patterned body energy, in your drive, in your head, in your eyes, behind your eyes, up in your forehead. Yeah, so you've just used, or you've, your energies have gone around a particular pathway in your body. And you're used to a particular kind of energy, which is driving, or driving and faltering, dithering and moving forward and then wandering about it. And you feel this jerk, jerk, and then, you go, and then rushing on, and then pausing and looking back. And you get this energy that's not smooth, that's smoothing out the body energy feeling the whole body. Yeah. Now if you try to do this in, in just in thought, you end up thinking about your thoughts. Or taking up the position of kind of observing your thoughts. There's no feeling, there's no happiness in it. There's no unification, you're just blank watching these thoughts going by. Which is, you know, admittedly better than just following them. But the one, the, uh, the heart, with the heart aspect, you know. And this uh, quality of, uh, you know, one of the signs of samadhi is you feel light, light and happy. Happy in a comfortable, easeful way. You don't going to get that through washing thoughts. You may understand your thoughts, but the quality of comfortable, 
at ease. That's a heart quality. So to unify these three aspects, we need in some ways to bring them all into what we're, how we're meditating. So your focus, I suggest, is to try to bring all these three. Yeah. And because often your head energy for many people, yeah, myself certainly, powerful. Most of my you know, early life, there was impulsiveness with school, writing, reading, thinking, watching TV, talking. It's all my head buzzing away. Yeah. You can imagine the time of the Buddha, no television, no phone, no books, no signs everywhere. Everywhere you look, you see signs nowadays, writing. Everywhere you look, you see writing. Imagine a place where there's no writing on the wall, there's no signs, nothing to read. Yeah. And it's kind of like it's just visual, and but at the same time, you're much more aware of wild animals, uh, jungles, darkness, no electricity. So you're aware of darkness. You know, no electricity, no shine, no, no flashlights, no torches, no street lights, no cars. <laughs> and the sense of mind widens, doesn't your attention has to widen and be pretty alert. Because as it gets near dusk, maybe the tigers are out, yeah? Or you could fall in a pit. So you're really alert, like, like a hunter, through your ears, and your body wakes up, because you have to be careful where you're putting your feet. You don't thinking. You're not thinking about, you know, politics, sport, weather, or what somebody did five years ago. You're in that and that that quality. So, you know, what's that like? And the sensitivity, because there's got to be the ability to sense subtle senses, pressure snapping twigs and so you come in this is embodiment it doesn't mean you know a particular sensation in your body but the body wakes up to you try walking in a dark room when you can't see you know take a few look around just switch the lights off close the curtains and look around make sure nothing's going to you not fall over anything, just even close your eyes and take slowly one, two, three. try to keep your eyes closed when you do it, and this sense of panic. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you can feel your way, waking the body up like that. Yeah. And it's, it's quiet. So you really come into using that as a sense organ, as something that's receptive not just up in your head thinking about stuff or witnessing stuff or feeling it so then this heart quality you know we're practicing for our welfare happiness may I be well you know may I find peace mm. may other beings be well May I clean my heart of ill will, fear. May I find in this body the sense of safety, as the body can know. The only thing that bodies know, right now, I'm safe. Right now, nobody's on my back. Nobody's attacking me, nobody's blaming me. Nobody's asking me to be something. Nobody's judging me, measuring me. Get a feeling for that heart quality. So your body knows that, because your body doesn't remember, you know, or, or it just knows in itself space, firmness, no pressure. Is that comfortable? Can you make that comfortable, that steady? Then, if it is steady, if there is that quality of comfort, you're breathing out. 
feel the sense of relief and ease, the pressure going off. Breathing in, the in-breath happening, feeling refreshed. Abide in that, feel it. Don't worry about whether you, how many you get, but just feel any one of those and the sense of taking the pressure off. There's a heart quality of relief. Yeah. And this is all you have to do. Find the sign where the heart, the body come together. We sit in that and our thinking mind can just go, uh-huh. Mm. That's that. Notice that. Uh-huh. Notice that. So then they're, they're, they're coming together. So, what's the, the unity, the whole thing? Again, just to look at things more broadly. You know, cultivate this sense of, of the unified field. Why are we, you know, you're practicing together here? And naturally, there are different shapes in the room. <laughs> uh, yeah, just look at this is a human. See it as a unity, rather than focus on the diversity. This is the, you know, that those who've come to practice. So you know, focus on the unity. Let go of the diversity. The more you focus on the unity. The more you let go of the diversity, your mind unifies because you're taking up the sign of the unity. Right? Now we can look at all the different things, sure. You want the unity. And take that in and you can reflect, you know, I bet, you know, she has her suffering, he has his virtues, she has her difficulties, he has his problems, she's trying really hard. He's always here. He, she looks really diligent. Whatever. But you, you know, you get a sense of this is the humans. Isn't it wonderful? You know, nobody's drinking, nobody's cursing, nobody's demanding anything. This is unifying sign, and it's it's uh, lovely because human beings are pretty cantankerous creatures. You try and get 70 people to live together without, okay, we're going to organize it. Oh, oh, no, here we go. You're right, this is this. You sit, you know, we're going to organize ourselves. I would create a committee and then a leader of the committee and then minutes and agendas and here we go again. You know, so we just do that, organize, you know, what it takes and then, okay, now we all got the theme, now stay with it. Yeah. And you can't contemplate that. Tune into it when we have the the meal offering. You know, and just sense oh, the people are, people are offering, beautiful. You know, the sense of dana is happening, whether you're, whether you're specifically giving it or not. Whether you, the food is your food, just the food that's served up. Whether you like the food. Just look at the sense of this is the celebration of nourishing, generosity, sharing, and then and then rejoicing in that. Yeah. So you can you know one can go to the singularity more of it. I used to find it the beautiful thing about Dharma is people are happy. So you know my early days as a monk, I'd wonder they give me food. I was, what am I supposed to do? I bet they don't know that I've got defilements. <laughs> you know, I'm not really worthy of this food. I mean, could he afford it? She's given me, could they, you know, all this thing. And you just keep focusing on him, worrying about whether you're good enough. Or, and then, I've got too much food. I don't need any more food. Oh, give me some of that, not that. I don't like that food, I want this food. And you're focusing like that, or you think, this person looks rather poor, they can't afford it. Or I'm not really worthy of it. I'll oh, just stop it. <laughs> you know, this is the experience of giving and generosity. Just all you have to ask him to do is receive it. <laughs> you know, 
not even asking to eat it or like it or just receive it then, oh, that, then there's the happiness and you wonder why, why are people happy and you go into the dana sala people looking happy why is it so happy it's just food no it's not food <laughs> it's dana <laughs> and the heart is, is rising let your own let yourself be touched by that mudita the unifying thing and you cultivate like this so that your mind becomes more used to that broadening into the field and the heart field the heart field which means this is aspiration this is the aspiration body here people wishing people in, this is the aspiration body whether they're Japanese, Malaysian, American this is the aspiration body yeah. and they focus that we're all part of that so where, where's the differentiation? your mind finds the unity and you feel encouraged, you feel yeah, I'm part of this thing and you feel touched and moved and there's heart energy this is the body breathing they all do this nobody has improved on the basic model of in and out there's no kind of third way So just contemplate, there's all these 70 bodies breathing in and breathing out. Yeah. It feels like this. Some are long, some are short. But what is the unifying quality of breathing in and out? It's energy, isn't it? Just this shift of energy. Focus on that feel it's easy if it's not easy the heart's not in it work with it or try something else where the heart comes to be at ease settled and engaged a certain heart engagement which is a, kind of like rejoicing, drawing close, being inspired, aspiring as a heart engagement, not a willpower engagement, but a sensitivity. And uh, how am I feeling with this? Uh, how is it affecting the whole thing? One of my attitudes. Now, you know, if you're given up on samadhi as an idea well just recognize uh, do you enjoy hindrances or not <laughs> so just focus on understanding and releasing the hindrances if they're gone that's what we call samadhi <laughs> however it is just that just that's that's very pragmatic i don't really don't like the hindrances uh, and if I just, just work on those I think about trying to get concentrated and all that just focus on getting free from the hindrance and enjoying enjoying, that's the bit that's the samadhi bit enjoying the quality when the hindrance abates oh just like coming out of a smoky room just like coming out of a wrestling match just like coming out of an argument just like coming out of a party when everybody's drunk and obnoxious oh. <laughs> just like coming out of a traffic jam you know oh yeah. you know coming out of the hindrances mm. so much of our work is also this and the hindrances are, have many have different faces so even when there's not direct ill will there can be still a sort of uh, um, gloominess a shadow regret feeling inadequate not feeling quite good enough feeling despondent 
So this is a quality, the mind is damp, uh, discouraged. And, you know, there may not be the quality direct, you know, craving and desire, but there's a sort of hankering for the next thing. Hankering for the next thing that destroys unity. There isn't the next thing. There's just this, isn't there? The dullness is a kind of numbness of attitude. Getting into the ho-hum. They are where we go, in and out, in and out, in and out, breathing in, breathing out, sitting here. It's okay. This is um, dull mind. Everything, so dull mind, look at the specific qualities. Restless mind, trying to figure it out. Fidget, fidget, worry, flurry. Is it this? Is it tie this up? Restlessly fidgeting around. Where's the good bit? Where's the right thing? Fidget, fidget, fidget. Shifting around. Even when it was not physically shifting, the mind not being able to just rest. Controlling mind. Sense of lack of trust, lack of confidence, doubt. We can't quite let go because I don't know why I can't let go, but you know, you don't trust. The quality of trust isn't fully established. So the subtler aspects, the hindrances uh, can be present, and we just need to uh, sense and tune in, and maybe not be voices in your head, but emotional numbness, fidgetiness, dullness, lack of confidence, lack of trust. Now one of the benefits of mindfulness of breathing, if you don't force it or try too hard, is there is, the breathing happens whether you involuntarily that is, it doesn't matter where good you are, whether you're trying to breathe in and out, you keep, it does keep breathing. So it's involuntary. And this is, you know, the body stands apart from the mental will, the mental decision, the mental um, activation. It stands apart from it, from uh, decisions. So it's involuntary. And the sign of the involuntary is unifying. When we decide, we can decide this or that, can't we? That's voluntary. This way or that way. Involuntary, there's no decision. It just happens. Right? So that quality of mind, yeah? you understand that? If you determine, focus here, focus there, make this, there's a decision, and that's voluntary, and there's always an alternative that it could be. So you may be getting it slightly wrong on this or that. So there's, there's no unity in that, there's diversity. Now when we have decided, okay, be with this, feel this, there's a time, so you choose, you certainly voluntarily choose certain theme, uh, coming to retreat, uh, sitting still, walking up and down, you determine that, okay, I'm in it. Now I start to just let it happen. Trust the process, trust the body, trust the breathing. It's not gonna do that much harm. And of course, this is a, a, a fairly rare uh, possibility. Most of the time, people are making slight decisions. Do you want a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, go for a walk? Do you like a banana, melon, or you know, choosing, choosing, choosing? Should I wear this? Should I wear that? Go and see so-and-so, make a phone call, just relax. Making little micro-decisions. 
So it's always, and we like that. I feel free. I can make my own decisions. Yep. You can make your own decisions. You can build sangsara as long as you like. <laughs> You're utterly free. <laughs> and you can run around that web to your heart's content, or your heart's discontent, actually. And of course, in ordinary life, this is, this is the deal, isn't it? You know, that's what you're supposed to do, this kind of stuff. Make the right decisions. That's... Okay, but then, is it possible to say, well, this is a good enough decision, you know, for now. Morality, simplicity, sitting still, it's good enough. Now, is it possible just to surrender? Yeah. Let it be how it is. Yeah. So for this, of course, if it's really rough and difficult, we can't because it's just that we're too challenged emotionally. So working towards the comforting, yeah, the steadying, the simplicity, the trust, the trust in yourself. Trust not in your thinking mind, but trust in your heart. The heart of goodness, the heart of aspiration, the heart of determination. The heart, you know, people give so resilient to bear with their lives through all the trials and tribulations. It's a, you know, when you consider human heart, so powerful, so resilient to go through the tragedies, the deaths, the diseases, the loss, the insults, the pressures, and we still keep going. <laughs> I mean, I really respect that in people. And so it's strong. And you know, you come back to, you know, trusting it. And it's going to make a few mistakes, fall asleep, drift off. But really you've got to keep saying, you know, if I have to keep controlling this thing, there's never going to be any unity. It's going to be a full-time job. Can I just let it be a little bit fuzzy and realize it will wake itself up? You know, because it's rather like you walk in the dark and boom, Whoops, you, you know, you, you knock the chair. Okay, slow down. You learn. We're a learning system. The heart learns. And it learns these little, oh, oh, okay, back off, just quiet down. You weren't attentive there. The heart learns. You don't have to have some nagging thing in your, in your brain constantly, you know, telling you what to do and steer left and shut up. You don't have a backseat driver. You know, so trusting it, and where it starts to feel, this feels settled. This feels comfortable. This is less stress. Now, if we are sensing this in our, you know, in our bodies, in our breathing, somewhere in there, there's the sign. Pay attention to that, the still, the diversities of sensations and drifting thoughts. Pay careful attention to the sign that unifies, steadying, comforting in that, quiet. Don't give too much attention to the Either or, or even the paranormal things, you know, nimitas, signs, and so forth. Just give attention to the unifying sign rather than diversity. And what is that? It's the sense of bodily quality, vitality. There's a sense of steady, comfortable heart. The sense of clarity, and these begin to merge. Now you can't do this with sensations. Sensations are diverse. But you can do it with, with energy. Energy too has diversity to it. 
strong, you know, or weak, but through this process the energy begins to unify. This is what calm is, the uni- energy becomes not so up and down, briskly or sluggish, it begins to steady, it, it becomes more unified, more simple. Yeah? So the mind needs to do less work to track it. The mind becomes more restful. The heart enjoys it. The heart is enjoying it. The heart isn't tugging away. The heart isn't adding more to it. The heart isn't fretting about it. The heart settles into it. This is unifying. It says in the sutta, you know, begin just breathing in, breathing out. Nothing about a particular point, just the whole thing. Mindfully one knows breathing in, mindfully one knows one's breathing out. That's the degree of diversity between in and out. That's it. It's quite simple. One trains oneself, aware, noticing it. You bring the, the, the thinking mind into taking stock, taking account of that, recognizing what's absent. Here there is not the diversity. In this there isn't the future, or the past, or people, or me, or what I am, or what people think, or what I could be. That isn't there. Noticing what's absent. Make a point of noticing what's absent and feeling the freshness. Notice what's present, just this, these qualities. And long and short, and then aware of the entire body, sapakaya, thoroughly, completely, pati samvedi, thoroughly, pati sam, completely, vedi, feeling. Pretty clear what that's saying, isn't it? Thoroughly, completely, utterly, totally feeling the entire, sensitive to the entire body. So within this experience you can feel what is the unifying quality of the entire body? Well, ears are different from toes, nails are different from hair, sinews are different from bones. What is the the unifying quality? It's all has vitality. You don't have a certain vitality, pink vitality for your toes and green vitality for your knees and scarlet vitality for your head sharp eyes, you know, unify it. And it begins to be, and your focus then is on calming, thoroughly calming, soothing, so that the quality of energy, you know, becomes, you know, of one kind. So sometimes you're feeling you've got a lot of energy coming up your right side, not much in your left. You're buzzing in your head, you have nothing below. So then you keep sweeping through, from the low energy to the high energy, backwards and forwards, slowly, till the energies begin to link, rather like you have two streams of water and you connect them, then the water, two streams flow into one thing. Yeah. So whenever energy feels unbalanced, you widen to include the whole form and breathe the whole form and let the energies meet each other. And in this you're purifying the body from its internal breaking, its internal tensions, its internal restrictions, its internal blocks, its internal numbness and frozen places. And these can be because of bodily injury, you know, you broke your shoulder so something's quite trapped or shut there, or even through being physically abused, you know, kind of a state and body's still in a state of shock somewhere frozen up, tensed up, or even verbally abused. You learn to live in a time cowed state, where you're always slightly, your body's slightly withdrawn, because you don't feel safe being with people. This is true, this is the case. You know, it can be the case that to some degree or another, people are not, don't feel comfortable being with other people, because other people have been harmful. We have to acknowledge that and say, well, right now, can my body 
sense this is the aspiration vehicle here these are not men and women big and small this is the aspiration can we live in that so here the emphasis is very much on silence not talking not presenting ourselves not because we're bad but because we can unfortunately go into the diversities before we're ready for it then all the issues of diversity start re-arising yeah. what do they think of me did I say something wrong then she looked strange when I said that he looked unhappy I must have made a mistake you know all these kind of things come up and people do this definitely on retreats you know when they're not talking and we sit down she moved her cushion three inches it means she doesn't like me I've done something wrong that person behind me is breathing, he must be trying to, you know, I feel he's intensely engaged with me. You know. The way she opened the door meant she, you know, she wanted to get me out of the room. <laughs> well, you know, a tiny little thing can trigger these issues of diversity in our karma. And people, some, you know, unfortunately. So we just go to that sense so it's not, there's nobody here. We're not trying to wipe everybody out, but here is the aspiration body, the morality body, the kindness body. You know, just give it the benefit of the doubt. Relax. Join in. Be part of it in this loving way. So the more any any area we can cultivate this sense of trust and then we let something is can let go becoming into something more involuntary and the involuntary breathing is where you really start to feel pretty comfortable so controlling breathing you know, maybe maybe you need to do that but you want to come to a place where just the whole thing is there it steadies nothing you have to control it's happening you don't have, and then you think, well, what should I be doing? What should I be doing? What should I do next? Stop that. That's what you do next. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> how long will it, how long you do this for? Stop that. Enjoy. When it changes, it will change. And you get these little waves of it come through, fidgety waves. How long has it been now? What am I supposed to do next? Is this jhana? Or not jhana? I don't know, what am I supposed to do? Stop it. Relax. You know? Nobody's going to pop up with a little sign saying, jhana, jhana. You got it. <laughs> Electric light flashes. you jhana. <laughs> don't think about it. Just, just put the books away. You know, do you want to have hindrances or not? Ask yourself that. <laughs> so unifying and simplifying and getting less mentally agitated. And then how's that feel? How can you be with that? And then you go, you know, picking up, then coming, you know, moving, changing, coming out, or sensing, asking, getting the mind, ask the question, where is my body? Physical, structure, pressure. You return, but you don't return to the old body. You have a chance to just go into the subtle body, the energy body. It's a subtle body, it's there, it's radiant, it's vibrant, it's effusive. And then from there, you don't have to release the old habits. And then just gently 
may a body arise for me it's like you're being born bring up that may a body be here for me may the body arise for me feeling that it starts to come in feel the pressure textures form earth but it's now different balanced that means okay so you can move in and you can move out and every both of those are useful because you move out is just as important because you're in a way integrating so you move to this sensory level of reality without the afflictions without the same old patterns and knots so don't jump back in or don't jump out or don't return there's no going back ever in anything it does nothing goes back go forward don't you know so establish what really is here body what really is here heart how much thinking do you need for that so you get to learn how to then operate these let these systems operate based upon the experience of non-differentiation the release of the hindrances and the tendencies to establish hindrances this is what upadi acquisition is about yeah means there's a, there's a tendency to keep re-establishing them because they're the known in their subtle forms so rather just don't re-establish that re-establish this is the moment the openness uh-huh. bodies walk they move sensations and the more that you can cultivate this you integrate into your life and on a very mundane level you have a chance to address what do I really need in this life what do I need to do what do I, what do I need how much old stuff can I just finish with freshen up this is the benefits of unification samadhi and the practices So it's continue cultivating. Now, if you're doing walking meditation, you can clearly there's the you know establishing the upright body, then the movements, and notice you know don't miss out the gap. That's part of it. That is, as your foot moves through the air, be aware of that. The ending of the sensation, your foot lands, resting, the moment the other foot rises so it's a, it's an unbroken wave it's not one two three four it's like the one is becoming the two the two is becoming the three yeah so we focus on the flow of it the rhythmic flow of it and yeah what flows the energy of the body flowing along in its walking way so offer that for your reflection this morning hope something is useful there